A lot of what we teach, a lot of what we advocate, our philosophical beliefs is born out of our experience in corporate America. You have a natural gift of taking super complex things that I hear people talk about all the time. And I go, okay, I kind of get it. And then you break it down and I go, oh no, I didn't get it. And now I actually understand it and I could teach someone else. Should I or should I not build a group practice? You know, again, these things are hard. I don't think it's the right thing for everybody, but if you're going to do it, learn from those who've done it successfully and successfully. Success leaves clues, so don't replicate failures of someone else. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. And one of the ways that a lot of offices are out there growing right now is they're listening to podcasts just like this one. And my good friend and 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 partner in the dental industry, I've worked with them on a ton of projects is Perrin, who is the founder and uh, managing partner, let me get that right, of Polaris Healthcare Partners. And he has a podcast. It's absolutely amazing. It's called Group Practice Accelerator. And I, I'll just say this, Perrin, you take super complex things that are going in on in the dental industry, and you make them super easy to understand. Recently, I, I listened to one of your episodes where you took how much money a uh, an owner doctor had to make to t get themselves out of the chair and break even when they bring an associate on. And for the first time, it made sense that I was like, wow, that actually makes sense of, okay, you're going to have to take a step backwards. And this is how much time and how many new patients you need to get, how much growth you're going to need to get just to get back to the same amount of money that that doctor was making. And then you gave like the growth explanation. It was so well done. I absolutely love your content. So why don't you tell me First of all, a little bit about you and then just a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, thanks, Gary, for having me on. I'm a big fan of yours, obviously, too. I like to tell people that you're one of the few marketing people I've ever met who's an analytic at heart, and that's probably why we relate so well to one another. So Group Practice Accelerator is the name of our podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. You're right. I, I am one of the two co-founders of Polaris. Uh, prior to Polaris, I was a, a co-owner of a venture called Tusk Partners that is now a sell-side advisory firm. At Polaris, we uh, obviously focus on the growth side of group practices, forming a group. Should you or should you not build a group practice? If you do, how to do it the right way, how to bring in associates into the ownership structure of the business, how to grow and scale it. And then we also offer sell-side advisory services, so we can help you on the exit planning side as well. Group practices are all the rage in dentistry right now for some good reasons and bad, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that I think that everybody ought to build one. And I think the mm -hmm. thing is different about our podcast, Group Practice Accelerator, is that we teach a lot of the business fundamentals that you don't get in most other outlets, uh, be it conferences, be it blogs, be it videos, webinars from the stage and things like that. You're going to find that for the people who love I call it wonky business knowledge, very granular detail about all of this kind of stuff. They eat our podcast up. And for those that are yeah. looking for more, uh, I'd say, lighter touch, superficial type things, we're probably not the vehicle for that. And if you're having trouble falling asleep at night, my monotonous voice will absolutely put you out. So um, probably, uh, probably a good option for that too. Hey, Happy New Year, and thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got something really, really important to share with you that's going to bring massive impact to your practice. So every year, 
things change in your market every single year. People move, incomes change, populations change. And it's really important that you stay up to date with that. And one of the things that we offer to all of our customers, and we want to offer it to all of our listeners completely for free, is mapping out your new patients. So we're not going to only show you where your new patients are coming from on a map, just like this above, but we're also going to show you the income areas that they're coming from, the different boxes of income, as well as the populations to make sure that you have supporting areas to where you can attract more new patients. And lastly, we're going to map out all of your competition for you for free. This is 100% for free, no obligation. And we're really excited to share this with all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to maps.smcnational.com. And it's first come, first serve. We're not going to offer this forever. So if you want to get this, get in now, get all your new patients mapped out for the new year. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. One of the shows that I love that you did, and, it, and and it's very true, what you just said is not the part about putting people to sleep, but the part <laughs> about things. if you want strategic like help in understanding things, you you have a, a natural gift of taking super complex things that I hear people talk about all the time. And I go, okay, I kind of get it. And then you break it down and I go, oh, no, I didn't get it. And now I actually understand it and I could teach someone else. There's one that you did around uh, equity of how to build out equity for your associates. Because one of the big things that dentists run into now is like, I want to grow, I want to grow. And then an associate quits <laughs> and your whole business model falls apart, right? And it's like, okay, well, how do you, you, you call it the, uh, I think, golden handcuffs, or how do you put the, the associate in a position where they don't want to leave, where it's the, the upside is far greater uh, with you than the next guy. Um, I, so I, I love those kind of topics because, again, it, I just think it really helps the dental industry get better overall for everybody, for the patients, for the owner doctor, for the associate doctor, like everybody's winning. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing about a lot of what we teach, a lot of what we advocate, our philosophical uh, beliefs, mine and my partner, DeWalker Sinha, is born out of our experience in corporate America, you know? So a lot of the things we teach, um, you know, how to replace yourself in a productive capacity. Well, most dentists don't think about that until they hire an associate and there's not enough work to go around, but they know they want to build or add another location. How do you attract and retain associates? And what happens if the associate uh, or associates want to become owners in the business, which most of them do, whether they voice that uh, um, desire or not? You know, the solutions we talk about are really um, very commonplace in corporate America settings. They just haven't been done in dentistry because dentistry has been mm. traditionally a, a solo practice, usually with a single dentist that owns it. And the, the bringing in of an associate is a transition plan toward retirement. Well, that's not the case in a group practice. If you're going to build a group practice and you don't have some type of a, an ownership track for your associates, most of them are going to leave because they want to either own their own business outright or they want to own part of another business. And you're just going to create a ton of turnover. And that's a rat race. And like you say, it's really bad for, for continuity of care for patients. And ultimately, it's bad for profitability. And that hurts the valuation of the business. So a lot of the things that we talk about from an earned equity standpoint or even a buy-in standpoint are, are very well grounded uh, and have a, a uh, historical track record of, of performance in corporate America settings, and they work mm-hmm. equally well in group practices. And that's the beauty of it. I, I appreciate you saying that I can break things down and and make it digestible and understandable by most people. And um, I, I think I agree with that by and large, but I'll tell you that a lot of that is numbers driven. 
So once again, for those that like yeah. numbers-driven solutions and how the math adds up, you're probably going to like a lot of what we present from the stage, and you probably like our podcast a lot. If numbers scare you, again, we're probably not your cup of tea. So what are so what are some uh, recent topics that you've covered that people have just gone bananas over that they just absolutely love? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we we, we talk a lot. Our audience is the predominantly those that are. Uh, thinking about building a group or have just started building a group call it the emerging group practice space. It's the one to five location segment. We certainly have a lot of clients, a lot of listeners, listeners that are 10 to 20 and up, but those are, those businesses are a little more rare, I would say than the one to five uh, segment. And so the, the popular topics around, you know, the emerging group space is should I, or should I not build a group practice? You know, again, I, it, these things are hard. I don't think it's the right thing for everybody, but if you're going to do it, learn from those who've done it successfully and success leaves clues. So don't replicate failures of someone else. You know, if you're, if you're going to build a group practice, certainly attracting and retaining associates is the number one problem of every group, whether you're two locations or 1200 locations, you know, how do you replace yourself in a clinical capacity with an associate, take an income hit to do it? and add additional locations. So what does the math look like around that transition? And the reason that's so important is because the math is all about your personal income. And nobody wants to take an income hit to build a bigger business, but everybody who builds a successful group does so. So there's a lot of reasons behind that. There's some math behind it. There's also some philosophy behind it, income versus wealth. And you and I are business owners, so hopefully we're building wealth every bit as much as we're building income. How do you use bank funds to grow? Banks love uh, dentists because they never default. I mean, the, the default yeah, rate yeah. risk in dentistry is less than 1%. That's for solo yeah. practices. When you get into a group they, practice context, the default rate risk goes up. And there is a reason that uh, banks are, are less willing to lend to those who are building group practices. We talk a lot about banking. And the one that everybody loves to dream about is exit strategy. You know, how much is my business worth? How you know, how, how, how do I sell a business? How long does it take? How long does I, do I have to work back to a, a, a larger uh, strategic that buys my business? All that kind of fun stuff or topics that we hit on ad nauseum. That is so awesome. Yeah. I, I, it's so true. And what I, it just makes me think why, why do the bigger DSOs fault default more? Is it because the, the ownership is more spread amongst multiple people it, because it, an owner doctor just doesn't, default, right? Well, and then is that why, or is there other things? Well, no, I think it's, you know, the fundamental reasons are, and I would say the greatest default rate risk from a banking lens is probably somewhere between, um, about four to 10 locations. The reason for that yeah. is because most people that are going to build a group practice end up acquiring practices. So they're, they're acquisition oriented instead of startup oriented. And they're, you know, there's pluses and minuses to both. But when you overpay, when you potentially overpay for a practice you're about to acquire and you can't get revenue generation or cost containment out of that business, now you end up indirectly working for the bank. So they don't understand the mm -hmm. difference between valuation, especially EBITDA-based valuation, income versus cash flow. And those are three different metrics that you absolutely have to know if you're going to acquire practices. And even if it's a practice that you acquire that's upside down from a cash flow standpoint, 
there may be a reason to buy it if you think you can generate a lot of revenue or a lot of cost containment out of it. And that's where most people fail to do so. And, and when you end up indirectly working for the bank and your, your number one location funds numbers two, three, and four because they're a drag on income, that's where defaults happen. So it's, it's poor acquisitions, it's poor performance after acquisitions, and an inability to integrate them fundamentally that creates the default rate risk. Mm, okay. So what are, what are some future topics that you guys are going to be hitting on uh, on your podcast that people should be watching out for? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking a lot about the uh, associate ownership piece, and there's, there's a, I mean, you can go into a wormhole on that because there are tons of different ways to, to uh, attract associates. There are tons of different ways to motivate them, to, to make onboarding more seamless. And there are a lot of different ways to retain them that are not just compensation related. So I, I feel like I could probably spend a year on podcasts talking about the, the associate ownership uh, conundrum. You know, the other piece is the, uh, the acquisition or the growth strategy. Is it buying practices or is it building practices? Or is it a combination of both? We are huge fans of what we call the de novo strategy. De novo meaning from the ground or, or from a cold, dark shell to patient number one and proof of concept. Um, that scares a lot of people, but if they work with a great marketing agency and you can turn on the flow of patients, you have a greater probability for success overall, and you have less of the integration headaches around culture systems and processes or change management that so many do in terms of acquisitions. And obviously the, the biggie right now whether you're building a practice and borrowing money from a bank to do it, or whether you're contemplating selling your your business to uh, an industry strategic, is the rising cost of funds and and you know the the rise of, of the rates on debt right now that impacts your ability to borrow money, uh, and it certainly impacts a private equity yeah. backed group's ability to to leverage their equity fund and make it go further. So the, the top end of the food chain as it relates to valuation multiples, activity levels, uh, cost of debt funds and all that has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the industry. And again, we're probably going to be talking about that all the way through the end of the calendar year, if not longer. Crazy. Okay, so the audience kind of can understand Perrin's brain, big brain, <laughs> and he's he breaks it down in such a way that I'm just like, okay, I could literally talk about, uh, keep asking questions for hours to come, but you don't need to do that. You can just go check out his podcast and uh, tune in. And every week he does a great job of dropping a podcast. So where where can they find it? What's the best way to connect with you on your podcast, parent? Yeah. So a couple of different ways, Gary, we're on all the major outlets, Apple, um, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those. Uh, and the podcast is called Group practice accelerator group practice accelerator there's probably i don't know 140 episodes or something like that so uh, we you know i can tell when somebody uh subscribes to our podcast and goes back and binges all of them from day one because downloads <laughs> yeah. spike on a random sunday for no reason but group practice accelerator podcast you can find it on all the, the major outlets our website is www polarishealthcarepartners.com polarishealthcarepartners.com i think we uh when we formed the company we looked for the longest unclaimed url and i think we found it out there but um you can you can listen to the podcast the latest episodes uh on our website you can also watch some of the videos of webinars we've done or short form videos blogs white papers 
all that kind of stuff. It's tool wonderland for people who are looking for more business-driven education. So our website, um, uh, PolarisHealthcarePartners.com is a great outlet for that. Um, Group Practice Accelerator is the name of the podcast. And you can catch us on various stages at different conferences, including two of them that we host each year in the spring and the fall. So ample ways to access uh, a lot of content from us. I promise you guys go there. Money back guarantee. If you don't like it, we'll, we'll refund you completely. And fun little fact, Perrin did my first podcast that I ever recorded. And I'm I'm like several hundred podcasts in, into this thing now. But my first one I ever recorded was with Perrin on August. I just pulled it up. August. 2021, we did a 90 minute podcast. Back then, I was just like, I'm just going to record these. And uh, uh, Perrin dropped so much knowledge on that thing. Um, it was it was amazing. Now now we keep them at about 15, 20 minutes because people like to. I've learned people like to drive and listen. Yeah, and like or work out, you know. And so no one no one wants to uh, download a podcast and sit there for an hour and a half, or they just don't have time for that. Ours is the exact same, Gary. It's about 20 minutes in length for that very reason. Yeah. I say it's in between patients or eating a sandwich or on the treadmill or yeah. something. It's about yep. uh, the yep. right digestible uh, size. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, go and check it out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. I, I just wanted to get it to my audience, Baron, because I, I really believe in what you're doing and the content that you're making is amazing. So thank you, my friend. Bingling is mutual, Gary. Thanks for having me on. See you soon, my friend. Peace.